Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to 15 Minutes with Lincoln. I am one of your two co-hosts, Timothy Robert Dunn, a common man in Chicago. And I am one of your other hosts, Abraham Lincoln, 16th President of the United States. And now I'm standing outside of Tim's apartment because this is how we have to record this podcast. And this is a political podcast featuring uh, my input as a modern millennial and uh, the perspective of Abe, one of our great presidents. Abe, how was your week? It was the same. Yeah, me too. There's just so few people who are willing to play basketball these days. You sh- I didn't, Abe, I, don't, I didn't want to get into this this early. You shouldn't be playing basketball right now. Well, every once in a while, someone will stop when they're like on a jog, yeah. and they'll shoot some hoops, and then they kind of look around, and then they'll go away. No one wants to like play. It's hard to get like a 515 shirts versus skins game. Right. You know what I, is fine? You could play horse if you want to. No, you got to play horse with somebody else. Yeah. What I'm saying is you could potentially play a socially distant game of horse, and that could be professional basketball for the foreseeable future, you know? Like, teams yeah. are just teams are just uh, groups of five horse players, and then it goes back and forth team to team. Oh, like a, like a shootout of horse. Or I would also be fine with, what else did they do with the All-Star game? Three-point contests or slam dunk contests? Yeah, we could just do a bunch of those. I think those are the most entertaining parts of the All-Star game. Have you seen how many players don't actually have access to a gym right now? No, I have not heard that. Isn't that wild? Because if they don't have them at their house, then they can't. the facilities are required to be closed down. And so, it's their job to be in shape. Yes. So, yeah. I mean, they can run and do stuff at their house, but they can't shoot hoops. And if they have an outdoor hoop, we all know the outdoor hoop is a much different setup. Absolutely. The weather is going to warp it and stuff like that. It's not going to be regulation. No. So anyway, it just sucks. I just discovered this wonderful game right when all of this is happening. Yeah. I wish I would have found this years before. I wish I, I could go back and invent it in my time. Maybe I would have just played basketball rather than getting into politics. I, I get that. But just to be clear, if you had a time machine right now, your go-to thing to fix would be getting into basketball earlier. I guess it's not my go-to. I, it would be kind of interesting, though. I guess I could fix a bunch of things. I give it get the back of the time machine, <laughs> and I could form like my own kind of. Um, I'd be like the Springfield Globetrotters, where we could just go from <laughs> town to town, challenging. You know, back in your time. Yeah, because I mean, there wasn't going to be like an organized league yet. It'd be hard to get the word of mouth, right? So we could just be a traveling team, and we sure. could challenge any local teams. But back in your time, the team would kind of look like the Boston Celtics, you know? Okay, so that's another thing I should probably, I should probably fix, yeah. Yeah, right. Look at us, just a couple of sportos, you and me. There we go, yeah. Have you watched the Bulls documentary? No, everybody says it's incredible, though. Yeah. Uh, what'd you think? Well, I... Uh, so far, it, 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 I mean, I'm always a fan of anything because I, you know, I miss so much time. It's nice to go back and relive right. a few years. It was an incredible time in sports history, and I say that even as someone who barely paid attention at that time. There's just a lot of interesting things they do with the documentary. Like they'll sh- they'll um, they'll show Michael Jordan 
like a clip from the documentary and then get him to react to it. Mm. It's and they show, but they show them showing the clip on an iPad and stuff. It, there's just a there's a lot of happening that yeah. makes it very interactive. Abe, this is going to sound like a tangent. Um, have you heard the rumor of no tipping Pippin? Uh, no. Apparently, Scotty Pippin doesn't tip very well. Well, this documentary makes it clear he wasn't paid very well. Mm. I guess, I guess there's a uh, there's a causality there. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I think the most fascinating character so far has been Jerry Krause. Okay. Remind me who that is. He he was he he passed away, so he could be a guest in the podcast. <laughs> Let me see if I can. Let's book have him, him next on week. next week. Okay, Jerry Krause, and uh, he was the general manager for the Chicago Bulls. Okay, and he was pretty good at his job, but he wasn't the Michael Jordan of his job, so he never really got enough credit for being pretty good at his job. Sure. People just always just gave Michael Jordan the credit, which, you know, understandable. And it drove him crazy. And there's also just a lot of clips in the documentary of Michael Jordan being mad at this Jerry Krause guy and calling him short and fat. And uh, Was Jordan just running the team at this point? Well, yeah, kind of. Mm-hmm. And he was very, <laughs> very rude. And not just insubordinate, just downright mean. Right. Like you would have thought, if if at any point the documentary was like this was four months before Jerry Krause killed himself, you would believe it. And I, I apparently someone asked Michael Jordan, uh, uh, or someone asked a, a teammate of Michael Jordan, Steve Kerr, they, Zach Lowe asked him if you, uh, if anyone ever felt the need to to maybe step in <laughs> and say like, hey, let's just lay off of Jerry Krause for a minute here. Uh, and a pair, and Steve Kerr said, well, he was Michael Jordan, so we didn't feel comfortable doing that. But it was also probably a different era. You know, people were less, um, you know, better or worse sensitive. Sure. It just really doesn't hold up well, the <laughs> the way Michael Jordan belittles his boss. Um, Abe, today we're doing a bit of revisionist history. Uh, and that is to say that today we're doing a draft. There we go. Basketball segue. Abe, <laughs> it's time for the draft. Uh, and today, you and I are thinking about who, not in our real world, but who in the fictional world, unless you have real world choices, I don't, personally. Uh, fictional uh, characters that we would draft to our very own coronavirus task force. Um, we didn't really agree on any rules. Mine are primarily comic book people. Yeah, sure. Um, I figure we'll just go back and forth. We don't need to do a snake style draft because it's just the two of us. But um, anyone who is fictional, or I would say this, also fictional depictions of real people are fine too. What is a snake style draft? Snake style would be like I pick someone, then you pick two people, then I pick two people so that there's not a gap. Uh, It's more for um, like big group drafts. Hmm. Yeah. Um, a gap in what? So, like, if you if we were doing a draft and somebody got picked last, the good thing about a snake-style draft is you get two um, choices. Maybe not top-tier choices, but two middle-tier choices. Okay. Does that make sense? A little bit. Is it to spare someone's feelings so they don't get picked last? I think so, yeah. And, it you know, it evens out the advantage a bit. I see, okay. So we're going to be picking four people 
the best four people in any fictional universes that we think could handle and potentially cure the current coronavirus outbreak that we're going through. Uh, Abe, how do you feel about your picks? I feel good. Do you want four each or four total? Four total. I mean, I have more picks, but I picked extra just in case you and I overlap. Okay. Uh, why don't you go with the first pick? Um, okay, well, I guess a lot of people will be kind of expecting me to make a comic book choice here as uh-huh. well. And I don't read the comic books, um, but I do watch the movies. Okay. And uh, so, uh, but I think I'm going to switch it up a little bit, keep people guessing. And uh, I'm going to go with... Um, um, uh, the uh, the scientist in Independence Day Resurgence. Okay, so this is not Brent Spiner. Wait, which one? So Brent Spiner was the scientist in Independence Day who got killed by the alien. This is the scientist in Resurgence. Was he? Wait, I haven't seen Independence Day. You haven't seen Independence Day, but you've seen Resurgence. I have. Yes. Okay. So wait, was he? Are you sure he was killed? Because in Independence Day Resurgence, there's this one scientist who had been uh, injured uh-huh. in the first attack and had been in a coma ever since the first attack. And then when the second attack comes, he wakes up. This is blowing my mind. I'm gonna Google this right now. Okay, Brent Spiner. God damn it, you're right. I can't believe it. You're you're right about this. Yeah, he's in Resurgence. You you get what? Dr. Oaken. Okay, yeah. Wait, why, why can't you believe this? I, in my mind, that scene is Brent Spiner first dies from the alien, like, taking over his body and hitting him or whatever the hell. And then it is um, one of the Baldwin brothers shooting him with a gun through the, through the glass. I did not imagine that Brent Spiner was going to survive to the second film. Hey, you know, I haven't seen the first film, so you kind of spoiled the scene a little bit for me. It would have been kind of fun to go back and watch and sure. say, oh, that's the guy from the second film. Yeah. Who, that's, how he, that's how he ends up in the coma. I apologize for spoiling that for you. Uh, what no, do you f- I mean, it's, it's fine, I guess. What do you feel like Dr. Oaken, O-K-U-N, which seems like a strange name for Brent Spiner, but whatever. Uh, what do you feel like he brings to the table? Well, Timothy, this is going to be kind of hard if you haven't seen Independence Day Resurgence. Just please spoil it for me. I don't care. Okay, spoiler alert for Independence Day Resurgence. Yeah. When he wakes up, he can see through time, and he speaks an alien language. So, he speaks yeah. an alien language. I see now why you picked him in that movie, because he has those powers. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He's also a doctor. Sure. Very smart. But he's been studying... You know, um, alien organisms. Yeah, and and so on. He 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 understands how things work. I feel like, on the one hand, the alien, the knowledge of those specific aliens, not necessarily helpful in this crisis. But I understand what you're saying. He probably has knowledge of their technology and shit too. Oh yes, yeah. he he absolutely helps them unlock a couple things. And uh, spoilers, I mean spoilers abound here. But there's actually like a third or like a, a second group of aliens that show up at Independence Day Resurgence. Gotcha. And he's able to interface with them as well. Um, Abe, I'm so gonna... they're like a group of aliens who were destroyed 
by the first aliens, but they created a technology to pass on their knowledge of the aliens gotcha. so that they could hopefully, that knowledge could link up with somebody else and eventually they could defeat these uh, parasitic aliens. Um, Abe, this feeds right into my choice, um, which I didn't oh, even, okay. I honestly didn't even pick this one, but just hearing that, I've changed my answers. I'm going to pick data from Star Trek The Next Generation. Okay, excellent. <laughs> Here's why I, I want data. Uh, data has incredible processing power. He's a, he's an android. And um, Gavin Newsom, uh, California governor, is actually trying to use AI-driven um, algorithms to predict contact tracing out in California. So, I mean, on the one hand, I understand Dr. Beverly Crusher may be a better choice from a, from a medical perspective no. You don't think so? No, because you just said it. She's human. She could fall prey to the virus herself. <laughs> the virus cannot affect Honest to God, Abe, I didn't even think of his invulnerability. But you're right. We could send him to the worst hot spots in the world and he'd be fine. Exactly. Okay, so we have Brent Spiner in two different properties. Abe, what's your, what's your second pick? Okay, now that you've had that pick, I'm going to need to change my pick as well. <laughs> your first pick? No, that was my okay, first pick. Okay, all right. I'm going to have to change my next pick now. Okay. Let's do the um, Terminator from Terminator Genesis. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I thought about just doing Skynet as a whole because it was so, it's so powerful. Mm-hmm. But there, there's the whole issue of Skynet kind of turning on humanity. Right. So I, I couldn't trust it. It'd be hard to work with Skynet just knowing what it's capable of. Right, exactly. Yeah. With Terminator, you have um, someone who, despite being a machine, is in fact malleable and at least has developed somehow some form of empathy. And I was thinking about what we had on the team, and I was like, okay, we actually, I was looking through my list here, and I actually had a couple of of synthetic uh, humans. (laughs) But I went with Terminator... Over Skynet, because we need some muscle here. We don't really have, like, any muscle yet. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. And Terminator here, he can, like, pick up a, a shotgun with one sure. arm. Let's say, um, and he was trained in Terminator 2. I know it's a different Terminator, but he was trained in Terminator 2 in non-lethal tactics. So you could send him into, like, an area that's rioting or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Okay, I that's fi- good. I think with my second pick, man, this is tough now. Um, I don't want to go too much Star Trek or anything like that. No, I'm gonna, that's okay. I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick Lucius Fox, uh, specifically from the Dark Knight, uh, or or you know Batman Begins. The um, why am I blanking on his name, Abe? Uh, Freeman, Morgan Freeman. Okay. Uh, Morgan Freeman's depiction of. Uh, Lucius Fox because he seems like he's like a phys- physicist or like an engineer or something like that and or an inventor but then he just comes up with an antidote for the scarecrow's uh, hallucinogen drug in like a couple hours so I just feel like my team you know alongside Data from Star Trek Data Data's great he never gets tired he can build things but I feel like you would want that sort of engineering background as well which, now that I'm even thinking, pales in comparison to Data's. 
I feel know. like my whole team is just very data centric now. Yeah, maybe we should have just picked four datas. <laughs> we can't pick four datas, okay? Well, why not? Everyone else is just going to be doing support for data. Okay. I've got two. You've got two. Abe, who's your third pick? <sighs> this is tough. You can't pick another data. I'm going to go with data. <laughs> yeah, I'm just looking it over here. I think I got to go with data here. Uh-huh. It just seems like it's a complicated virus. It may have mutated a couple times by now. You're going to want a data on that team. Yeah, we're going to need to keep data. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, I'm going to just... For my third pick, uh, I am going to go with Bernard Lowe from Westworld. He is uh, kind of the tinkerer doctor guy who is also a robot. Okay. So I feel like he would be a good... He'd be like a good assistant to Data, who is hundreds of years more advanced than Bernard. But Bernard could kind of keep up a little bit, certainly way more than Lucius Fox. Sure, yeah. Yeah. That's true. Oh, okay, that's a good team. Yeah, that's a pretty good team so far. That's solid. How about you you for your fourth? uh, Okay, um... Uh, for my fourth here, let's see, uh, we kind of have muscle. Um, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with um, uh, the, okay, yeah, here's what I'm going to choose. Okay, hit me. So we, ha- we have someone who's, we have people who are, or are, 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 um, beings who are smart. Yes. And kind of like break in, who can break through uh, what's going on. People who are informed so they can supply information. Then we also have some people who can actually break stuff. For sure. With, with Terminator. But we don't have people who can like break into things. So I'm going to go ahead and, and select with my fourth pick the four horsemen from Catch Me If You Can uh, who will help us then, uh, you know, if there's anything that needs stolen. Like perhaps if this was created in a Wuhan lab somewhere, we can break into there. The four um, horsemen? Yeah, from Catch Me If You Can. So is Leo one of them? Wait, what's the movie called? Now You See Me. Oh, my God. Okay. Which which four people are we talking about? Are we talking... Um, okay, Now You See Me. That's what I mean. Not now Catch you Me see If You Can. Gotcha. But I it's wish... like Catch Me If You Can and that they're, they're always running and you can't catch them even if you could. <laughs> now You See Me and Now You See Me Too. The Four Horsemen. They're like a group of magicians. Okay, do you feel like they are... Why do you feel like they work as a unit as opposed to picking one person? No, you got to have them as a unit. They work as a team. They learn to trust each other. So they have different kind of magic skills. One guy is, like, very suggestive. One yeah. guy has, like, really good illusions. One, uh, uh, like, one guy's good at sleight of hand. And then there's a hot girl. <laughs> a hot girl who uh, has a magic way of taking her bra off, right? Am I remembering this correctly? Yeah, that happens in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what do you, okay, okay, so they're useful in, like, a heist-type situation, but none of them have any kind of science or medical training. Well, you have to kind of be a jack-of-all-trades to pull off the the, the stunts that they've pulled off. Sure, I just feel like, I wonder what Data would say to them. Data, I wonder if he would learn to appreciate, like, magic. Oh, I didn't even think about that. I mean, he'd be great at it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. 
I just realized that Lucius Fox guy is in Catch Me If You Can. Oh, yes. He's a magician, right? Yeah, or now you see me. You got to stop mixing those up. Yeah, I know. Abe, with my fourth and final pick, I'm going to choose Samantha, Scarlett Johansson's character from the film Her, who is an AI assistant um, that Joaquin Phoenix falls in love with, and she can speak to people at the same time, and many times she can fall in love with like dozens of people at the same time. She seems to be kind of all-powerful, and I think she could serve as kind of the like Overwatch character to like link everybody up and uh connect all people and sort of spread the word so i think i think those are my four. Oh, that's nice so she's kind of like the jarvis yeah yeah absolutely okay uh or, or alfred yes the one that does the organizing i you know i assume similar to um similar to the Westworld guy, not going to be as advanced as data. No one, everyone pales in compared to data. Data is going to fix everything. Yeah. That's why we both had data on our teams. <laughs> but yeah, I think she could be in some way helpful. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, has, so let's, let's, Oh, sorry. What were you going to say? Has data ever like cloned himself or built an exact, you know, copy. There were other copies of Data at the end of Star Trek Insurrection. Um, oh, this is kind of a big spoiler. Uh, Abe, have you ever seen it? No. Do you mind if I spoil Star Trek Insurrection for you? No, I feel like we'll be fair. It'll be even. Yeah. Uh, Data dies. Data saves uh, Jean-Luc Picard, um, saves his life, uh, and he's destroyed. And then uh, Data's, uh, uh, like another version of Data is sort of sitting there with Picard and he starts to resemble characteristics of Data, giving the hope that maybe he will be like Data down the road, but he never is, as we find out in CBS All Access's Picard uh, miniseries. Um, he, he didn't really pan out as a Data clone. So okay. there was just nobody like Data. One of a kind. Uh, so let's just go over our picks for our coronavirus task forces. <laughs> Again, these are going to be the people up there at the White House briefing the nation. Uh, Abe, what are your picks? So I have the doctor from Independence Day. Yep. Um, Resurgence. Dr. Oaken. Yeah. And then I have um, Terminator. <laughs> the muscle. Yep. Yeah. Then I have Data. Yep. And then I have the four horsemen from um, uh, uh, Now You See Me. You know what I like about yours? Dr. Oaken can be like the the face of the team, kind of the Dr. Fauci. But then the four horsemen can kind of add some theatrics to the briefings. Well, I don't know if you want that doctor in front of the camera. <laughs> in, this, in the movie, he's his hair is super long. He's got a bad beard. And sure. he never wears pants. And they keep doing this joke where they show him with no pants. Right. Well, you don't know that. I could have made that up. It seems like a joke you would do with a Brent Spiner, I guess is well, what I'm saying. Okay, well, that's what they do with this Dr. Oaken. And for my team, I have, of course, um, Data, Lucius Fox, who is just useless, co comparatively speaking. Um, we have Bernard from Westworld, uh, and we have Samantha from Her. I feel like... I feel like... Bernard is still going to be a better mouthpiece than Lucius Fox. Lucius is fine, but he's not known for his charisma, is he? No, he's not. Um, and yeah, 
similar to your team, the bulk of the work would be <laughs> done by data in a very short amount of time. Yeah, of course. Well, Abe, any other thoughts on our coronavirus task forces or uh, any, like, honorable mentions you would have liked to include? Hmm. Well, we have a good strong 11 here. (laughs) I thought about Dr. House. I think he could give a good speech. Oh, sure, yeah, Dr. House. I I get that. Or uh, Dr. Strange. I get it. Moira, McTaggart, Beast. Honestly, Thanos could just snap his fingers. Thanos could be good. We could have just done Thanos, but I really uh, just snaps his fingers. Yeah. Deadpool, he's funny. Deadpool would be a great pick for those briefings. Could you imagine what he'd get up to? Oh, he would say a lot of funny things. Well, Abe, I think we uh, I think we knocked it out of the park here. Yeah. We'd have to worry about Lucius Fox and uh, Dr. Oaken getting the virus and right. the Four Horsemen because they're in contact with people a lot. Folks, if you want to send us your coronavirus task force uh, picks, please do so at 15minuteswithlincoln at gmail.com. That's numerical 15minuteswithlincoln at gmail.com. And as always, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Um, Abe, any last thoughts? No, I mean, let's just let's hang in here, America. Thank you for delivering our food and uh, allowing us to buy groceries uh, from you and treating uh, our illnesses uh, to all the people that are out there on the front lines of this. Abe, let's see about getting that uh, Chicago Bulls coach for next week. Oh, yeah, uh, Jerry Krause. I'll look into it. All right. Folks, we'll see you next time on 15 Minutes with Lincoln.